You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Prep Live. Sports Prep Live. Where we unbox the mic and talk excellence in athletics. Welcome back to Sports Prep Live. I'm your host, Graydon Prescott. Today's guest is an entrepreneur, business owner, physical therapist, trainer, the list goes on. He does it all. I'd like to welcome the founder of Atlas Hoops, Dr. Julian Penaranda. Julian, it's great to have you here today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So your career has a lot to do with basketball. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what got you started in basketball and when did you discover that it was a passion of yours? Um, so I've been playing basketball, shoot, all my, my entire life, essentially. Um, I always joke around, tell everyone that I was playing basketball in my mom's womb. Um, <laughs> my dad always taught, or always took me to the gym growing up back home in Chicago. Um, so, I mean, I remember dribbling a basketball as early as three years old, and I just absolutely loved it. Um, and I've been continually playing ever since. I mean, despite s- several career-ending injuries, well, you can call it career-ending, but um, I just kept pers- persisting through it. and. Um, here I am, uh, basketball trainer, physical therapist, um, as Graydon had mentioned, kind of uh, have everything under my under my scope. Yeah. What got you started in uh, physical therapy? You went from being a basketball player and then you had talked about some career-ending injuries. Did those have to do with it? What got you started in physical therapy? For sure. Um, yeah, it was the career-ending injuries. Um, I think, well, I don't think. So after my freshman year uh, playing college basketball over at Trinity International, which is the Division II school. Um, I unfortunately tore my ACL Ooh. playing in a summer league game. Um, it kind of went downhill from there. I essentially lost the coach that had recruited me. They brought in a whole entire new squad. Um, I didn't feel that I fit in, and I was kind of lost, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, I had surgery on my knee. I never really knew about physical therapy literally until the next day where they're trying to crank on my knee and I absolutely hated it. Yeah. But six months, six, seven months later, I was attempting to play basketball again. I've just been continuing since. Oh, wow. What inspired you to open Atlas and how has that evolution been since the pandemic? For sure. Um, so back in 2019, 2020, um, I was doing, I was dabbling into a lot of basketball training. Um, I initially got into basketball training with Michael Lancaster, who's the owner of I'm Possible Skills Training, and he's out in um, Grand Rapids, Michigan. So a lot of it was essentially at first incorporating movements and uh, movement tools that Michael Lancaster was using into and trying to uh, transcribe it into physical therapy. So, um, I essentially was training and I absolutely loved it. Um, I continued doing it even after working in the clinic. So I'd work a, we'll call it a seven to five. And then immediately after I would hustle across town, find a gym, uh, train some players. And um, it just transgressed ever since. Um, In 2020, uh, obviously COVID had hit. I was trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do. I, you know, in essence, I thought the world was ending. <laughs> so I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Um, and that essentially, um, I put all my marbles into finding a gym. Um, fortunately, my employer at the time wa- was like really pushing it, 
saying, if you really love basketball, do it. I'm never going to hold you back. Yeah. So essentially with the blessing of my employer, um, she allowed me to work with her for a couple of months while I was building, um, building Atlas in itself. And lo and behold, I've just been building ever since. That's great. You've worked with athletes of all ages. I've seen kids from sixth grade all the way up until professionals. How does your training philosophy differ when you're working with kids compared to professional athletes? I would have to say the training doesn't change. Um, I like to stick to the basics and the fundamentals. It's more of the language and the tone behind it. Um, With a lot of the younger kids, I try to be a lot more um, easygoing, a lot more encouraging versus a lot of the higher level athletes. You know, we will work a lot in the basics. However, you know, it's me pushing them. Um, A lot more cardio, I would have to say. A lot less breaks. But overall, it's more of the language and the tone that that is different between, we'll call it the sixth grade, sixth, seventh, eighth graders, all the way to the pros that I work with. Yeah. Um, you are, you have your PhD in physical therapy, and in that you must be very experienced in that realm. What do you consider to be the most common misconceptions about physical therapy, and how do you address them with your clients? For sure. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing with physical therapy is. A lot of people think that we're more so masseuses or people that stretch players or um, clients. So a lot of what I tend to educate the athletes on are, um, yes, I can do those things, but a lot of those activities that we do, such as massage, stretching, those are um, a lot, those are short-lived. They'll feel good in the moment, but we really have to work on um, balancing it out with strengthening the strengthening components, um, the athletic component by having you play the game itself. And then we can certainly work into detail like the, the stretching and the massage, massaging or whatever passive intervention the p- player yeah. needs. I'm Graydon Prescott. This is Sports Prep Live. And we are on the mic with the owner and lead trainer of Atlas Dim, Dr. Julian Penaranda. Julian, in your experience, what are the most critical physical and mental attributes that separate elite athletes from the West? I would have to say the biggest thing is focus. Mm -hmm. Absolutely focus. Um, When I had the opportunity to host uh, some NBA players um, at my facility, um, they would walk in (laughs) stone-faced, ready to work. they would do their stretches. You can tell that they already had a routine. So they knocked out the routine, whatever equipment that they needed. They had let me know ahead of time and I just got it set for them. Um, and they just went right into it. In all yeah. honesty, it's the focus, you know, it's a hard earned, uh, not hard earned, but it's a hard hour of them just knocking everything out. Once that hour is done, now they can chill out and do whatever they want. Yeah. Um, so after the training, the next big part is recovery mm-hmm. and recovery is a very crucial aspect of any athlete's For development. Sure. What are some of your favorite recovery techniques or practices that you would recommend to athletes of all ages? So I would have to say, um, static stretching, um, where you hold your stretches after, after you exercise is oh, a huge thing Yeah, rather than before, um, I would say that's the biggest misconception. A lot of people tend to do a lot of those static holds, you know, holding for 30 to 60 seconds of the stretch. That's actually on a scientific level has actually shown to decrease performance. So I tell people, okay, we can 
you can warm up any way you want as simply as just jogging up and down as long as you get the heart rate going. And then after we go through the workout, let's go ahead and recover by doing those stretches. That's when the, the muscles actually stretch. Oh, okay. I might need to change a couple <laughs> of things about my workout routines after hearing that. Um, another thing that a lot of athletes struggle with is nutrition. Mm -hmm. It plays a vital role in an athlete's performance. And as you would know, um, that is a huge issue among athletes from the young ages to the pros. Diet can be a very big issue. What advice would you give to athletes? Um, what dietary advice would you give to athletes or your clients mm -hmm. um, to keep them in peak performance condition? For sure. So, um, you know, with my profession as a physical therapist, we have a very baseline foundation of nutrition. Um, so I can't go into detail as to what a player would essentially need um, because it's not truly in my scope. I would usually um, refer them to a dietitian. Okay. However, um, if we are thinking about you know how much uh, food we should be taking in. I always refer to okay, put on your uh, put on your Apple Watch. See how many calories you're burning. Usually, I would have to say on average you're burning. Depending on how intense the exercises are, you can burn from 800 calories all the way to 2,000 calories yeah. within hour hour and a half. So having the ability to eat afterward and replenishing that that caloric um, deficit yeah. is super important. And I would just generally say balanced diet. <laughs> okay. Um, you spoke about focus mm -hmm. in a previous question. And along with focus, there is mental toughness. And that's often a very underrated aspect of sports. Uh, how do you develop your athletes' mental resilience and focus just to keep them dialed in from the moment they walk into the gym to the moment that they're taking off their shoes ready to leave? So my biggest thing is, and a lot of the kids call me coach communication, mm -hmm. um, because I'm constantly talking to the kids um, and to the athletes, just trying to dial in, dial in on how they are feeling that day. Um, and the reason I do that is so that way I can figure out, okay, how focused is he going to be during the workout? If he's not focused, why isn't he focused? Let's talk about, let's have that conversation first. And then, you know, we'll throw in some exercise. Okay, how are you doing now? How are you doing now? And I'm always constantly talking to them, seeing how they're feeling, how their body's feeling, how are you feeling during that exercise or during that drill itself. Um, and really just simply saying, yo, how... How is your body feeling um, during this? Does your knee, is your knee bothering you? All right, well, let's, let's figure out another way or another intervention or another drill so that way we can navigate around whatever you're feeling at that point. Yeah, and I've had a lot of trainers in my time. And um, the one thing that I really noticed with you was the communication. How did that come to be? Where did you learn that communication is such an important part of the trainer to player relationship? Um, you know, I would have to say that I grew that after I had torn my ACL. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, just the physical therapist that I worked with, I can just see you know, him talking to all his patients, including myself, the tone, his poise with, uh, with everybody. Um, I was with him for more than the six months that they prescribed for physical therapy. Yeah. I was with him for almost two years, both you know, as, a, as a client of his, but also as, a, as a, a mentee of his. So just seeing how he would talk to all the players and or not players, but to his patients, um, that resonated with me. And I just wanted to continue doing that um, as I got older. I see. 
Dr. Julian Fernanda, physical therapist, lead trainer, and owner of Atlas Hoops is here on Sports Prep Live. I'm Graydon Prescott, and we're discussing basketball, injury prevention, and more. Speaking of injury prevention, injuries are a significant concern for athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some key strategies that you implement to reduce the risk of injuries in your clients' training programs as a physical therapist and as a trainer? So I try to implement and I, I find that fine line between performance and physical therapy. So essentially when I am going through a lot of these activities with the player, I kind of go through a general regimen of, okay, let's go through a dynamic stretch, uh, dr- dynamic stretching program where we put the body through some awkward positions that are not usually performed during basketball, just to mentally prepare them, but also to get the body better prepared for it. Then we'll go through a lot of the activities. And during those activities, especially when the players are tired, I'll implement more of those awkward movements, those 3D movements that are working what's called the transverse plane, those rotational planes um, into our into our regimen. So that way they can really truly focus on those exercises and really understand what the body is doing when you're tired Mm -hmm. and how to perform them correctly. So that way when you are doing you know, say that movement occurs during the game, your body has already experienced it, so it knows it's already been programmed in the brain. Okay. So that's a real thing, programming the brain to... Oh, yes. The brain is the controller of everything. (laughs) Uh, So how do you adapt uh, your training methods to cater to the specific needs and goals of each athlete that you work with? So um, that's a great question. It still buckles down to communication. Yeah. (laughs) Communication at the very end of the day is is super important to me. Um, you know, I do ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and you know, I do get feedback. Like, how how are you feeling with this exercise? What do you feel like you need to personally work on? I'll, I'll reach out to a coach if they have a great line of communication. If the player has a great line of communication with that coach, um, I'll say, hey, can you put us in a chat? Let's go ahead and talk real quick. What do you feel like? Um, We'll call Brandon. What uh-huh. do you feel like Brandon needs to work on? And then we'll we'll certainly implement whatever Brandon needs in addition to, uh, well, what the coach needs from Brandon in addition to what I see as impairments. Okay. Um, setting aside the amateur athletes, could you share some insights into the training regimen of professional athletes? What sets their workouts apart from those of amateurs? So a lot of their workouts, and it's I've had the opportunity to see um, one of the Las Vegas Aces for almost three or four months mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And what sets them apart um, is, again, that focus. But what separates them is they work a lot on the basics. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's crazy how much of the basics that they implement. But in addition to that, um, they work actually a lot on game situations. So putting them through game, like putting them on a one-on-two, for instance, or mm-hmm. a two-on-three, or they'll play. Have, they'll they'll prepare a player on the um, professional athlete's hip, for example, and they'll say, "Okay, we're going to set up this drive. You got to you got to you got to pass during this, and you got to relocate." So it's a lot of game movements. And in addition to that, a lot of the trainers that a lot of these higher level athletes work with, they actually record a lot of the stuff. So they're getting live feedback. Okay. And so with that live feedback, they'll stop it. They'll stop gameplay in total. And then we'll all go to the monitor. We'll watch what the player did and we'll get feedback. Okay. And that's where a lot of my communication comes from. It's, all right, you could have done this, this, and this here, but let's backtrack. What do you feel you could have done there? 
Okay. That makes sense. Um, with your clients, uh, of course, all athletes at all ages face setbacks. You had your ACL tear. I recently had a knee surgery. We all face setbacks. How do you keep your clients motivated, especially during those challenging times when they're facing setbacks, uh, whether it be physically, in their training, in mm-hmm. their performance? How do you keep them motivated? Um, complete encouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, I always try to keep a smile on my on the players' faces. Um, you know, as a physical therapist, I I have a good understanding of how the body works. Yeah, and so basketball brings a lot of happiness to people. Yeah. Um, I've been fortunate to see that, and even you know, including myself. So I'm able to place players in positions where they can still play basketball, even though they have an impairment. Mm-hmm. Um, while that's sitting in a chair, shooting around, dribbling, sitting in a chair, um, playing catch, dribbling, and throwing a tennis ball or a medicine ball at them. I, I know ways around or no ways to work around an individual's injury so that way we can continue doing what they love and usually that's basketball and we can always chit chat in between yeah it's great in prescott sports prep live i'm on with dr julian Penaranda, founder and trainer at atlas hoops vegas's premier private basketball training studio and he's also a physical therapist (laughs) when i say premier basketball studio i mean premier i've been there with julian and i'm certainly not the only person who has i've seen some big name athletes and they're working with you tell me who are some of the more notable athletes who have come to the gym with you for sure um so back in we'll we'll call summer league 2021 um i've had Kyle Kuzma, I had Lonzo Ball. Uh, I worked with Paige Beckers, which was an awesome opportunity. Um, I've had some big name. I've had Phil Handy there. Um, I can't tell you who Phil Handy brought, but <laughs> we had Phil Handy there from the Lakers. Um, I've had, I've worked with Russ several times. Russ is awesome. He literally was, listens to Russ. <laughs> <laughs> um, more recently, I've had. Um, I'll just call it the uh, the all stars from from the Las Vegas Aces at the okay. facility, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's been it's been a blessing to have all those players and just to witness them in the facility and just to nitpick at them and just to see that yeah. they're all human beings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as a trainer, you've um, likely encountered various training myths. Can you debunk one or two common misconceptions about fitness and training? Hmm. Um, that, so there, there's this thought that block training, meaning you do five, six, seven of the same reps is better than random training. Random training is better. (laughs) Um, so adding variability, um, such as for example, you know, when we're practicing on shooting, um, say we're we're practicing on the curl, mixing up the footwork, mixing up, throwing a body in front of you adding those constraints within training is actually more beneficial and that can has actually shown to increase a person's confidence despite misses really yes <laughs> wow um balancing academics and athletics can be challenging for young athletes so i'd like to take this opportunity to ask someone with a phd what advice do you give student athletes who would like to excel in both the athletic world and the academic world uh, simply do your homework you got to time manage everything, mm-hmm. um, especially if you want to become one of those premier athletes. You have to time manage, and you got to take care of grades because, and this growing up, grades were super important. Mm-hmm. Um, having anything under an eighty-five, my mom was gonna. <laughs> 
slap the back of my head. I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) But even even past that, you know, even in college, um, managing managing your time, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you have you have to carry a certain GPA in order to play. Oh, really? Um, Yes. From my experience. Yeah. Um, I. And obviously it varies from school to school. Um, we had to hold at least a 3.2 in order to play. And we were pretty strict at our division two. Wow. Yes. So um, that was extremely difficult. There were a lot of sleepless nights <laughs> in college. Um, but do your homework, maintain a high GPA, and uh, continue those same work th- work ethics even past college. Yeah. Well, as long as you keep your GPA high yes. enough, I oh, guess it's worth it. 100%. Um, how has your own experience as a college basketball player influenced your approach to physical therapy, training, and mentoring younger athletes? Simply Mamba mentality. <laughs> yeah. um, just keep grinding it out. Um, I've always held that ever since I was ever since I became a Kobe fan. Mm-hmm. Um, back when he scored eighty-one, I want to say two thousand six. Two thousand six. Um, it was January twenty-second. There you go. Yeah. Um, but I remember watching that game and, you know, just carrying that same mentality and attitude, you know, especially when YouTube became very, very popular. All the all the motivational videos started popping out yeah. and I just kept watching those same motivational videos just to keep myself going. And I honestly, I, I still have my iPod that has the original Kobe video that I always watched and it was really? completely pixelated, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I encountered all of those motiv- I think they have a LeBron one that oh, I used yeah. to watch all the time, a Steph Curry one and the Kobe one. Mm-hmm. I used to watch those all the time and that really got me yes. interested in basketball. That's, that, that's interesting that you say that because yes. that's kind of one of the things that got me started on my basketball nice. as well. Um, can you share any metaphor? memorable or unconventional training methods or exercises that have yielded exceptional results for you? If so, do you implement those in your training? For sure. Um, I know a lot of uh, people always joke around. I call it the, um, for lack of better terms, the Disney princess. It's a, it's, it's a curtsy lunge. Uh-oh. Um, so you're in a lunge position. Instead of your uh, left leg going straight back, you're actually going... Um, and a curtsy motion, if you can imagine a curtsy motion. Um, it works th- what's called the transverse angle, so it h- works with rotation of the hip. Um, it puts you in that position where um, it's called knee valgus, which everyone tends to avoid, yeah. but technically your body should be adapted to that position. Um, you're in that position when you shoot the basketball. So I often implement this curtsy lunge with a lot of the players that I work with, so that way we can work the the rotational aspect that's required within basketball and even within life. So that's another one of those injury prevention type of mm-hmm. stretches. Okay. Um, you have graduated college, PhD. Um, what was the most rewarding aspect of your career as a physical therapist? I would have to say um, the most rewarding part that kept always pushing me um, was the fact that I got denied from physical therapy school twice. Um, it wasn't until my third time, and I I really just wanted to be become a physical therapist. Yeah. Um, do your homework, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> Is if if I could ever tell myself, my younger self, anything, it's do your homework. Mm-hmm. But um, it was being denied several times, and finally getting in that third time, um, where 
I can say that I became a physical therapist. Well, I went to physical therapy school and I worked my butt off to become that physical therapist and to have that doctorate. Um, So towards the end of my shows, I like to do this segment that we call rapid fire. Sure. I'm going to ask you some shorter questions looking to elicit uh, some quick answers and possibly some hot takes. Okay. You ready? Sure. Okay. Here's the easy one. Most points you've ever scored in a game at any age. 38. 38. High top or low cut shoes for basketball? Low cut. Longest time you've gone without touching a basketball in the last year? One day. One day. <laughs> wow. If there's any stretch that you would never have any of your athletes do, what would it be? Uh, the hamstring stretch. Uh-oh. If you, could, <laughs> if you could play one-on-one against any player ever, who would it be? Ooh, I definitely want to play Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yes. Who is your goat? Oh, Kobe. Kobe? <laughs> <laughs> Rank these players from first to best. Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. Oh man, uh, Co- <laughs> Kobe, Mike, LeBron. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, most shots you've ever taken in a day. Most shots that I've ever taken. Oh shoot, five hundred. Five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, in your time as a basketball player, toughest opponent you've ever faced? Derrick Rose. You faced Derrick Rose? Mm-hmm. That was not fun. He is fast. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. And this was pre-injury Derrick Rose. This was pre-injury Derrick Rose. I can imagine. Simeon. Um, crazy. Uh, do you have a favorite video game? Favorite video game. It used to be 2K. Um, StarCraft. StarCraft. Okay. <laughs> Nerd uh, out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Not bad. All right. Moving away from the rapid fire, if you could give one piece of advice to aspiring athletes or physical therapists looking to achieve excellence, what would it be? Keep going. Despite what anyone says, keep going. And finally, this is not a rapid fire question, so take your time with this answer. What's the next big goal you're aiming to accomplish in your journey as a physical therapist and entrepreneur? So I would have to say I'm actually trying to step away from the physical therapy side. Oh, really? Um, but I am trying to focus as, as an entrepreneur, um, focusing on expanding my brand at Atlas. Um, but also what's in the works is I am working on two basketball teams, okay. first ever basketball teams. Nice. Well, thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of Sports Prep Live. This was Dr. Julian Penaranda. Thank you for joining me today. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm Graydon Prescott. You can check out us uh, on Instagram or Twitter, formerly known as X, <laughs> or formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, whatever that means. Um, at Sports Prep Live, you can check him out at Atlas Hoops 702. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for tuning in, everyone. As always, have a great day, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sports Prep Live. I'm Graydon Prescott, and don't forget to catch all of our episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Sports Prep Live. Thank you.